Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, happy holidays. and Welcome to my 375th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. My highlight of the week was, of recent weeks, I should say, was actually visiting out in Phoenix, corporate headquarters of this very Radio Network, Voice America, and participating in the uh, Gulf Writers Association of America, of which I'm a member, the 18th Annual Media Classic, uh, really out in Scottsdale and surrounding courses in the Phoenix area. It was an absolutely spectacular event, Uh, 72 Gulf Media Uh, from around the country and the world participated. It was my first one. Many others had done it many times, but I also met a few who had not done it many times. And we golfed uh, just spectacular courses. I had a practice round at Weston Kierland in Scottsdale. And then at the tournament was actually at, began at Talking Stick, Famed casino out that way with a beautiful golf course. Uh, And then that was Monday. Then Tuesday was just one of the nicest golf courses I've ever played in my life. Quite plain and simply, which was We Copa Golf Club. Want to get that right. Uh, It was really out uh, kind of at the outer edge of the greater Phoenix Scottsdale area. So it was the real Arizona and it was absolutely spectacular. It was just sweeping 360 degree views of the mountains, uh, out in Arizona, the the biggest cactuses I think I've ever seen and a golf course to die for the scenery, the course, the condition was just absolutely spectacular. And then it wrapped up at quote, the short course at mountain shadows resort, which was the headquarters for the entire media classic. Um, Fabulous executive course, as in par three short holes. Uh, It was the final morning, and it was just wonderful, and uh, followed by a terrific awards luncheon. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful 
four or five days out in the Phoenix Scottsdale area for uh, just a terrific trip. Very well uh, organized by Bill Huffman and met a tremendous amount of great golf media and uh, the trip. And and a particular shout out out here to uh, Greg Wilson of Phoenix Golf Club Rentals. There was a little confusion about uh, uh, me getting some clubs when I got out there. And this was the result of checking into bringing my clubs with me from Boston out to Phoenix and checked with a couple shipping companies and the price, uh, what I thought was well in advance of me heading out there, and the price was just off the charts, uh, over the 300 mark, shall we say, which is just one way. And even the airlines were uh, uh, over 100 one way. So, which I thought was just uh, pretty exorbitant, not to mention dragging them around uh, across the country. So, uh, had what I thought were arrangements to rent a set out there, and uh, unfortunately, there's some confusion. Didn't work out, but came coming to the rescue. I received the name and number again of Greg Wilson at Phoenix Golf Club Rentals, and within. Uh, after placing a call to him and leaving a voicemail, he called me right back minutes later. An hour later, I had a spectacular set of clubs in my hands, all mine, for four days. And uh, Greg simply saved the day. It was, uh, and I even golfed better than I normally do. Uh, first, I was thinking it was the beautiful courses I was playing and perhaps the beautiful weather. How fortunate was I to be in Arizona in December? But at the end of the day, I think the real reason was just playing with uh, the latest and greatest uh, golf clubs, technology-wise. And it was just spectacular. Uh, Greg could not have treated me better. He basically saved the day, as you can imagine. I I spent an hour or two uh, uh, slightly panicked. But here I was about to start a four-day golf tournament, and I had uh, I, I didn't have the clubs, with period. And an hour later, like I said, uh, clubs are in my hand thanks to Greg Wilson. So if you're ever traveling uh, out to Arizona and want to save yourself the hassle, the cost, uh, the potential backache of <laughs> lugging golf clubs through airports and whatnot, I would highly recommend calling Greg Wilson, uh, and the website is www.phoenixgolfclubrental.com. Phoenix Golf Club Rental is one word, dot com. Uh, Greg's number is 480-447-3366. Uh, nicest guy you could imagine. Again, he saved me. Uh, from what could have been a disastrous situation, um, and in fact, uh, elevated it to uh, an even better situation since, as I said, I actually golfed better than I normally do with my own clubs. So a wonderful week. Again, shout out to the Golf Writers Association of America, of which I'm a member. Glad I made it out there, and it was wonderful. And particularly shout out again to Greg Wilson at Phoenix Golf Club Rentals. Now on to 
football. My highlight of the week was attending the Patriots' record-setting 11th AFC East title in a row uh, on Saturday evening as they beat the Buffalo Bills in a playoff-like atmosphere uh, with the coveted Saturday evening formulas, uh, evening time slots. So it was just an electric atmosphere. It's like a playoff game. There's no other way to say it. And in fact, it was. Um, Bills came to play, but the Patriots do what they do, and they held on. And here we are again. We're back to that familiar formula. I've lived it for many, many years as a season ticket holder, where the Patriots, for many years recently, have the last two games at home against AFC East opponents. Many of these years, they haven't been, quote, quite right. And certainly we've been hearing that louder and longer this year than ever before. But then they come home, they win these games, they get themselves right. They go rolling into the playoffs on, at minimum, a two-game, in this case, three-game winning streak. They beat the Bengals, of course, last Sunday out in Cincinnati. They're going to get the. They're going to beat the Dolphins this Sunday. They're going to get the bye week. They're going to host the divisional round, and then, you know, what, what more can you ask? And they're not going to have to leave Foxborough for practically a month's time. It happens seemingly every year because, uh, again, as a season ticket holder, I plan sort of, you know, Christmas and New Year's around. You know, I, I fit the. Uh, the, the Patriot home games this, uh, at this time of year into my holiday schedule, shall we say. So it just seems like a regular occurrence and just as regular as the Patriots write themselves from anything going on in the weeks and or months leading up. And here we are again. They're going to be again getting the number two seed, a bye week, hosting the divisional round at Gillette Stadium. And uh, we all know how that usually works out. So uh, the formula is back in place. So anybody who's counting out the Patriots this year is uh, making a serious, serious mistake because they're exactly, exactly where they were last year. When, of course, they had to go to travel to Kansas City uh, in a game nobody thought they could win, and they won. So keep in mind, if they travel to Baltimore, highly likely, Number one, there's a good likelihood they're going to host Kansas City in that divisional round. Uh, potential game of the year right there. But if they travel to Baltimore, uh, we all know Bill Belichick, when he gets a second chance, a second look, shall we say. Uh, we all remember the Baltimore beat down on a Sunday night down there at Raven Stadium not too long ago, a couple months ago. Uh, I like the Patriots' chances. So, again, do not count the Patriots out. We've seen this all before, and it's all unfolding exactly the same way again. Anyway, and by the way, most importantly, the Patriots played a great game. They looked like themselves for the first time in a while on Saturday night in a highly pressurized game um, that they really needed to win. Well, the low light of the week is the Steelers losing to the Jets yesterday with an opportunity to practically seal a playoff berth, which would have been, and still might be, whether they make the playoffs or not, 
just an amazing season unfolding. I mean, with the Titans losing, the Steelers, with all the injuries, what have you, uh, the fact they're even in this position is just nothing short of amazing. Mike Tomlin should win coach of the year, period. Whether they make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. But at the end of the day, there's no other way to say it. Highly disappointing that they don't go in, that they just don't beat the Jets. You, you got to beat the Jets, even with some of your stars out, the confusion with Duck Devlin being pulled. Then, you know, Mason Rudolph comes in, he gets injured. Duck Delvin comes back in, and, and unfortunately, Duck Magic seems to have worn off. Uh, but, you know, and James Conner had to leave the game. Juju returned, but was insignificant, including uh, not catching the pass that he should have clearly caught that would have kept the final drive alive and that potential hope for victory. So that was very disappointing. Um, but... Best news, they're still alive. I mean, it's hard to believe, you know. I believe if they win this week against the Ravens, who theoretically might be sitting all their stars, and it's in Baltimore, tall order, but if they win and the Titans lose to the Texans, uh, I think the Steelers are in the playoff and playoffs, and that would just be a remarkable accomplishment. But missed opportunity yesterday. That was their chance. And they just you, you just simply have to beat the New York Jets, the lowly New York Jets in that situation, period. That's it. So, again, very, very disappointing. They couldn't somehow, some way get it done, especially given that Le'Veon Bell was on the other side <laughs> playing for the Jets. Finally, my bizarre story of the week is the Cowboys crashing and burning in Philadelphia and almost assuredly not going to the playoffs. Uh Bizarre up and down year for both teams, Cowboys and Philly. But for me, I spent last week in the Philadelphia area basically listening nonstop to uh, uh, fascinating Philadelphia sports talk radio and how big this game was to Philly, how confident they were. Uh, and to me, the difference was very simple. The Philly. The Eagle, the Philly Eagles have championship DNA from winning that Super Bowl, beating the Patriots a couple of years ago, and the Cowboys do not. I kind of get the feeling like, you know, the Cowboys were just sitting around thinking, you know, they've both been ridiculously inconsistent all year long, both teams. Um, but, you know, you just felt that the Cowboys seem to always feel like they could just pull, you know, win the game when they needed to win it, which, of course, for weeks has been pointing to this game last evening in Philadelphia. And, frankly, from listening to Philly talk radio and uh, knowing about their championship DNA that they have that the Cowboys do not have, I was pretty confident that the uh, Eagles were going to show up and win, and they had a lot of injuries to boot. Uh, where Carson Wentz was... Excellent. And uh, Pennsylvania is back in business. Uh, Philly needs to beat the Giants out in New York. No slam dunk there. And, of course, the Cowboys need to beat the Redskins. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend, but clearly all signs point to the Eagles winning the East. Cowboys not 
making the playoffs. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm doing well. Thank, thank you for joining us, and happy holidays. And hard to believe, AP, we've arrived at college playoff semifinal week this coming Saturday. Uh, wow. Uh, it's going to be great. Glad they're not on New Year's Eve anymore. The Saturday night no. is perfect. I know. Yeah, I can tell you agree with that one, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's certainly going to enhance uh, the Saturday night between Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, you know, 
LSU and uh, Oklahoma should be good. Oklahoma has a couple defensive player or a couple stars that are not have been suspended and are not playing. But the one that really and that's going to be great. I mean, LSU is a fabulous watch all year long and Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow. But the one that really gets the juices flowing, and that's by the way at four o'clock Eastern Time, LSU Oklahoma. But the Ohio State Clemson game uh, at eight p.m. Eastern Time really gets the juices flowing. I mean, there's just both oozing talent and Clemson has been ignored as Dabo has been repeatedly saying, and it's true. Uh, under the radar, if that's, if, uh, if it's possible for a defending national champion, but they're, they're both going to be great AP, you know, but that one has my attention, uh, you know, as a potential classic looming. Oh, oh, yeah, John, you know, the things that intrigue me about Clemson, Ohio State, is the defensive right. lines for both teams, because when I was watching that Ohio State game versus Wisconsin, Wisconsin got, was able to sack the quarterback, I think it was five times. So right. that kind of startled me, because I believe that Clemson's defensive line may be a slight more athletic, maybe quicker overall. So uh, Justin Fields, who's played in the SEC with Georgia, He's going to have to elude some of those tacklers. But then the other thing is how the defensive line of Ohio State, can they get to Joe Burrow and affect his play? I mean, because he's long-legged, he has speed as well, can run by safeties and linebackers and other people. So that's going to be fun because a lot of times, John, you think you have the quarterback figured out, let's say with LSU, but he takes off running and has this unbelievable yardage on the ground that's not designed but he just scrambling out of the pocket and continuing the drives on third down, let's say. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's, you know, for me, AP, I'm, you know, I'm interested in every down of each game, of course, as always, but I'm particularly interested in, you know, how Trevor Lawrence is going to play. You know, that kid is just special as he showed last year. Again, they've just been under the radar. Dabo is not being shy in saying that, and I actually applaud his approach. I really do. It's kind of a, hey, what about us sort of approach. They are undefeated, but obviously the ACC is not the SEC or, for that matter, a few other conferences. Uh, so they've rolled through their schedule, basically. And uh, But, you know, here they are, and they're undefeated, and they're defending national champions. So... I expect them to really show up, and and again, they're playing Ohio State, so I expect that that's just it's just again, it could be a really uh, special kind of a game. I, I just have that feeling because talent is just oozing out of both sides at at the highest level. Yeah, you know, John, I was um, thinking about Dabo's psychological ploy and. Right. When you look back at these bowl games, for instance, let's, I'm mm-hmm. looking at Boise State. Okay, they're able to, to compete against some of these bigger teams one sure. time, twice, t- twice during the year. That's all you need if you're Clemson. Uh, and the other thing about Boise, which it hasn't translated, they've had coaches there with a lot of success in upsetting teams uh, from the Power Five, but they can't seem to move to a Power 5 team themselves and be highly successful. I mean, Chris Peterson is a prime example. I thought he would do wonders at Washington. Maybe right, dominate that league. You know, he did right. make the playoff and competed against Alabama. The game was in Atlanta. But they didn't, you could tell they didn't have the athletes 
to play that day, but, um, you know, he's retiring. He's probably going to surface somewhere in a year or two. Let's, you know, but anyway, <clears throat> Dabo, it doesn't matter that he doesn't play anybody. He has the athletes to compete with any team, and it, you just have to do it a couple of times a year to win the championship. So, uh, but, you know, he's trying to get his team fired up, so I understand his point of view. I totally agree with what he's doing, and the reason very simple. This team has earned the right to stick out their chest. They really have. Oh, and, you, you know, he, he, he's picked the moment to do it. He hasn't done it before. And I think back no. to the early days of Dabo emerging, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And, you know, he was always like what first caught my attention with him was I thought he was the best post-game sideline interview, like refreshing <laughs> that I had seen in years. <laughs> you know, back when he was just we were starting to get to know who he was and he was funny and relaxed and all. Yeah. You, we all remember that. And I always, so I've always liked the guy because of that. And to watch his growth and obviously the growth of his program has just been so impressive. So, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, I like him and I like the, and I like the team. <laughs> yeah, I just do because of him in the early days as you know, in those post game interviews, which were terrific. They were just so different from what we're used to seeing. Yeah, he's animated on the sidelines. Always is an yep. engaging personality. He's uh, he's going to say something that will surprise you, excite you, make you Correct. think. Uh, and then he has talented players uh, from across the country now. They recruit all fifty states. I mean, they've become the Alabama of the ACC. And I think there's about I think there's about five to six teams that are on Alabama's level right now. Or should I say Alabama's on their level? But Alabama was a team in the past that's been the gold standard. So Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma has the offensive skilled players for for, for certain. And then you could pick Georgia. Uh, you know they're still kind of finding their way to winning championships, but they they can compete on the right day. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Well, you know we just had the recruiting day, kind of. New and different, and uh, I think it's the second year, maybe third, but whatever. Uh, before Christmas seemed kind of weird, caught me off guard. We're all used to it being in February. But anyway, Clemson, right. Clemson hit a home run, and right now what I think if there's any sort of edge, and it kind of goes back to what I was just saying, if I'm a 17-year-old high school football stud, I'm looking at Clemson and specifically Dabo and thinking, that looks like the funnest guy to play for. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – do you see it that way? That's how I see it. Yeah, yes, he does it with a smile. And, yeah. I, you know, what's the difference? Uh, I'm sure there's some, but being in Clemson or being in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I mean, they're not uh, huge cities. Tuscaloosa is bigger, I believe, but you're, you're still at a place that's not uh, metropolitan uh, per se. It's a big Correct. campus that, that favors all the, the university and uh, it revolves around the activities. So, you, yeah, like you Penn can play State, for Clemson. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Penn right. State, sure. That's right. Which I grew up at, so that's why I'm using that example. But yeah, it just Dabo's personality combined with their success of recent years. And correct me if I'm wrong, AP. And I'm saying this because I think maybe they got the number one recruiting class for the first time. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, or, Clemson. Yeah, they might have gotten it in the past, but they've been right up to these last. Right, half of a dozen course. years with Dabo. I mean, uh, you of know, course. John, and that's 
those are always to be disputed, right? But, I mean, right. the fact that they're getting Absolutely. these players that everyone else wants, I mean, uh, I think that speaks volumes of, of their ability to uh, attract players from every, you know, from all 50 states. Correct. And AP, I can't go any further without commenting on something that you and I have talked about often, and I'd like to say you and I were kind of out ahead of it. Uh, we identified it for what it was, which is simply that uh, three of the four starting quarterbacks came out of the transfer portal. <laughs> Justin Fields, obviously, from Georgia, right. Jalen Hurts from Alabama, and Joe Burrow from Ohio State. This is a massive fact that cannot be ignored, right? I, I, absolutely. I mean, all these coaches, they want to bemoan the fact that somebody's transferring, but they don't, they never bring that fact up when they're re- on the receiving end. Right. And, right. and I haven't seen, I mean, I don't watch all these press conferences, Sean, but I, nobody's challenged them. I don't think. I mean, it'd be a nice question to ask somebody at the, at the um, press conference. Right. I mean, you, you know, you could make the case. It's like the story of the of this year's college football playoff. And you and I, again, have talked about it uh, often going back a couple of years because it's so uh, important. And, you know, it's not just quarterbacks, but you cannot ignore the fact and of course, the fourth quarterback is Trevor Lawrence, and um, he's not going anywhere. And but the, the the twist there is that Trevor Lawrence came in and took the starting job a couple games into his freshman year, <laughs> yeah. uh, causing the uh, Clemson quarterback at the time, the successor to, uh, of course, Deshaun Watson, to transfer to Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. Right, uh, uh, Bryant. He 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 was a starting quarterback, and Kelly uh, Bryant. He, right, he did a pretty, Yeah, he he did a pretty good job, and he and he ended he up transferring really yes. He did. I mean, he was in the playoffs against Alabama. The semifinals was in New Orleans, if I remember correctly, and so he got his team to that Final Four. And uh, then you have this hot shot freshman comes in from Georgia, and next thing you know, there's a battle, and he's demoted to the second team, and. Right away, he transfers. He he said some right things leaving that he probably, should, I think he'll regret years later. Correct. I um, agree with that. I mean, it's competition. You know, the decision was made, and he's the head coach. And like Coach Bryant said, you know, Coach Bryant was the first one at Alabama or around the country probably to have one of a, a call-in talk show. And a fella chimed in one one night how he was going to want to have him do these different things. And he, when he got through, Coach Bryant said, well, when you get your football team, you can make all these decisions then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's exactly. like the quarterback. I mean, I mean, you, you, he's the head coach, whether you agree with him or not, he has that authority. Right. Absolutely. Um, and nobody can question it now. I mean, it, it turned out, it turned into a national championship, right? So um, it can't be questioned. Yeah. And, so, yeah. yeah, so all four teams in this year's college football playoff, uh, three of the four were in the transfer portal, and one other was involved or affected, shall we say, one other school, Clemson, by, you know, with the transfer portal to a degree. And uh, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our uh, first segment here. Uh, still lots more to talk about. We're in bowl season, and there's other big bowls too, uh, specifically Alabama, Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. And, Uh, We'll talk about that on the other side.
think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we covered the college football playoff semifinals this Saturday night, afternoon and night. First one's at 4, LSU, Oklahoma. Second one's at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's, of course, Ohio State Clemson. But other big bowl games, you'll be at really the most marquee uh, bowl, aside from this Final Four, CFP, uh, Michigan and Alabama at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. AP, I got to tell you, I know you're going to be there covering it. going to be awesome because a couple years ago, I happened to be in Orlando and took a stroll and hung out near the stadium and at nearby Church Street when Michigan played Florida, as in the Gators. <laughs> and it was a beautiful New Year's Day, exactly this, like you're going to experience. 
and it was spectacular. Obviously, I, I, we were the Citrus Bowl was laid out. AP, like I was able to walk right by and like look right in. So I was there, you know, just soaking up the atmosphere, and then just strolled down the street to down, quote Church Street downtown Orlando section, which fun, and it was just as you can well imagine, packed with you know thousands of Michigan fans and Gator fans who weren't at the game. So what an atmosphere! And then when the game ended, uh, it was just uh, a very fun New Year's night, <laughs> and. Uh, you're going to experience the same thing, AP. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I'd been there for a game a few years back. Alabama played LSU neutral site. Oh, right. I remember. Matchup. Yeah, neutral site matchup. So, and uh, I'm going to try to see that game on the 28th as well. Iowa State versus Notre Dame. Oh, so, oh that'll yeah, be good. So you're going down, yeah. uh, you're going down a little early. A little bit early for that, so we'll try to see those, those four teams, and you know it's nice to see uh, different opponents for me, and so I'll see uh, the, one of the top independents, Notre Dame, the Big Twelve team in uh, Iowa State, a Big Ten team in Michigan, and the SEC team in Alabama. So there'll be quite a bit of flavor down there of the fans as well. And uh, one thing about Alabama playing Michigan, they're two and two in those games in the past. They were three of them were bowl games. Sean, one was a neutral side game in Arlington, Texas. But anyway, the running back at Alabama is Najee Harris, and Najee, I think Michigan was his second choice actually. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So he's. I'm looking forward to see probably his last game wearing that crimson and white to play against the team that he almost selected. And then there's Jim Harbaugh, which is going against Nick Saban. So that's interesting. Then you have the quarterback, Shea Patterson, who's played against Alabama the last time, I believe, was in Tuscaloosa. He was with Ole Miss, and the score was 66-3. to So I know he's a much better quarterback, and he wants to show out against the Crimson Tide. And then there's a receiver, Nico Collins, who's from around the Birmingham area, big receiver, one of their better options on the perimeter. So I know it's a big game for him. For sure. At AP, I watched Shea Patterson up close and personal at the Penn State-Michigan whiteout game this past October. And he really showed up in the second half and nearly led him to victory. In fact, may have if his tight end didn't drop the ball in the end zone. But AP, speaking of Penn State, you know, I was in Orlando last year when and literally at the hotel where Penn State was staying when they pay, played Kentucky in last year's citrus bowl and it's just a great atmosphere to say the least with whatever fans i of course gravitated to penn state growing up near there and so yeah see penn state nation in orlando was awesome Uh, they're all over from the theme parks to international drive to game day it's all just fabulous and you're going to experience more of the same but let me ask you the notre dame iowa state game that's at the Camping World Stadium, correct, in Orlando? Yes, yes that's what, the name of the bowl as well. It's the Camping World Bowl at Camping World Stadium, right. which used to be the old Citrus Bowl. And now the actual Citrus Bowl name in camp is Alabama, Michigan at Camping World Stadium, right in downtown Orlando. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. I'm just... 
I understand all this. I'm I'm clarifying it for all of our listeners. <laughs> yes, it's confusing. <laughs> it can be, it but not for me. I, I trust me. I, I've lived it for many years, and boy, AP, yeah. If I you're making a smart move, you can't get to Florida, or, or uh, you know, soon enough this time of year, right? No, absolutely, sure can't. There's and no the question. weather, exactly. And I'm looking here at the old forecast. Uh, at least for Tampa. Gee whiz, AP. It looks fabulous. It goes right through to next Wednesday for highs in the 70s, touching 80 on Sunday, lows in the mid-60s. That's Tampa. I'm guessing Orlando is pretty much the same. I'll check that out. But you have to be excited. That's going to be fun. Alabama and Michigan Nation in <laughs> in Orlando for New Year's week. That that is going to be a really enjoyable time. May not be the biggest bowl or the CFP AP, but it may be the funnest. Right. Oh yeah, and there's going to be so many Michigan people there, I believe, because they live in Florida and close by and I'm sure they have a big totally. group of people, alum, alumni group in Orlando and Tampa as well. And probably they're coming up from Miami and Jacksonville and um all of Florida and probably down from Atlanta as well. Good point, AP. I moved to Florida in my 20s for a newspaper editor, reporter job, and had no idea. I arrived in Florida, and literally, no exaggeration, 70% of the population of the town I moved to was snowbirds from Michigan, because it was the Gulf (laughs) Coast. Yeah, that that was a real, like, uh, welcome to the world to a young 23-year-old moving from Pennsylvania (laughs) to Florida. But the, the the reason was very simple. Route 75 is a direct interstate from Detroit to Tampa, period, at the time. And it literally ended in Tampa in those days. And uh, so, yeah, so I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because the Michigan thing in Florida, especially on the Gulf Coast, which is close to Orlando, by the way, only uh, 40 minutes from Tampa to Orlando on a good day, um, is massive, like massive dominant all, all those people coming down yeah it should be uh you know great weather like you said and i just can't wait to see the two teams be, yeah because the two teams uh alabama you know with matt jones uh replaced Tua tongue of when he was injured and right. he's auditioning again to be the starter for next year so i'm going to see what his leadership skills are in this game because he's got to get his team fired up to compete after the disappointment of losing to Auburn and not being the championship round. And then uh, Michigan, they were slaughtered by their rival, Ohio State, by about 30 points. Correct. So Jim Harbaugh, he's under fire. He's under fire. And uh, he can't beat Ohio State. But if he beat Alabama, that'd be a nice, nice winner up north. Absolutely. They both have a lot of incentive from coaches to uh, to players. Um, no, it's a marquee bowl again. It's you're, you're talking easily two of the top five college football programs in history. Period. You could make the case it's the best two. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm pretty sure Michigan is the winningest college football team of all time, and Alabama has the most national championships of all time. Is that correct? Yes, and then Alabama has the most bowls, John. Okay. Most bowls. This, this will be the uh, 
I think this will be the 70th bowl, actually, for Alabama. And this will be for uh, Michigan, the, I think, 48th, 48th wow. bowl. But Alabama has won the most bowl games at 40. And then Michigan in bowl games has won 21. So they're 21 and 26. They have a losing bowl record. Alabama is 40, 26, and 3. Wow. So yeah, that Michigan's says it all the all-time winner. Yeah, Michigan's the all-time winner. Uh, 962 all-time wins. I mean, according to this website I'm looking at, mm-hmm. and then Alabama, they're, they're they're moving up. So they used to be number three, and then they had some things happen. So now they're uh, I think it's 915 wins, which is this one lists them at fifth. But I'm, I'm, I thought they were a little bit higher. But yeah, they're both winning programs. Let's put it that way. But yeah, championships were a big a big motivator at Alabama. They just Right, you know they've you know national championships, SEC championships. That was something that was a goal every year at Alabama, whether they were they know if they were going to have a good team or not. Absolutely. So you could easily make the case. In fact, I think it's it's obvious. It's in black and white, as you just articulated. They're you know the two winningest. The the two best college football teams in history, period. Organizations, schools, whatever you want to call it. Um, They're the two, they they have the best histories of any two schools in America in college football history. It's just that simple. I mean, when, you know, the minute I read the bowl list, uh, when they announced them, I mean, that's the game that just jumped off the page at me. You know, I just said, oh my, Michigan, Alabama, are you kidding me? Uh, again, hearkening back to me being in Orlando for Michigan, Florida, the Gators. I mean, what was cool there, of course, was everybody could drive down from Gainesville, uh, like an hour and a half drive, if that. So you're going to have fun, AP. I think it's awesome. I'm so glad you're going to be there uh, in Orlando. I was just there for Thanksgiving week. It's such a fun town. And uh and you're going to have a great time, and you, you get the bonus bowl, Notre Dame and Iowa State to boot. Yeah, it's always good to check in with other teams, as I said. And uh, Iowa State, I've only seen them play once in person. I've seen Notre Dame uh, a number of times. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame is an interesting program right now, John, because, oh, yeah. I mean, they still can recruit to 50 states. It's just a question, can you get people defensively, I believe, to give you a chance in this day and age, because I think they have enough offense normally. They're getting some big receivers with skill. Uh, usually they have an effective offensive line, good quarterback, solid running backs. Uh, I think defensively is where they're trying to make that improvement. Right. Well, they're Notre Dame. That instantly elevates that game, and uh, they are intriguing, to say the least. Uh and I just want to double check here. Iowa State, as in the Cyclones, that wear the red and the gold, as opposed to Iowa, who wears the black and the yeah. gold, correct? Right. Correct. That's you're, right. You're seeing the Cyclones. Right, seeing the Cyclones. So, okay. Let's uh, make yeah, that they, clear for our their listeners. Coach was, yeah, right. And their coach was someone who was on the radar for, I think, many teams, but uh, they chose to lock him in to a contract, I believe. So, at least for the next year, Matt Campbell. Cool. Well, AP... It's going to be great, and we're at the end of another segment. Let's take our break and a few more things to get to on the other side.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, of course, the college football playoff semifinal games on Saturday, 4 p.m. LSU, Oklahoma, 4 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern, Ohio State, Clemson. They both should be great. And AP, for me, I got a bit of a bonus because I, I don't have to wait around till 4 o'clock, which is a good thing because I get uh, uh, the Cotton Bowl with Penn State playing Memphis from the conference you and I have covered, the American Athletic Conference based up here in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, so that should be an interesting game, and that's at noon Eastern time, AP. So I'm just going to... Uh, Roll into 12 hours plus, I'm guessing, of uh, of football this Saturday. I can't wait. John, you know, there's a little bit of irony in that game. Penn State versus Memphis from the American Athletic Conference, which was a derivation of the old Big East to some degree. And you know how Penn State always wanted to form that league in the East, and yes. Joe Paterno could never get the other people to take football seriously. So that, there's a little bit of irony in that game for me. 
You know, no, there is. I'm glad you brought up that point. You know, I grew up on, quote, the Lambert Trophy. <laughs> Not everybody may remember yes. it. But yes. that symbolized supremacy in Eastern football, which Penn State won most years. But yes. yet there was no real league AP. It was just, no. uh, you know, an informal, unofficial collection of the best football schools in the East that played for this trophy theoretically, and I guess, um, I don't even know how it was voted on, I'm guessing it was sports writers or something, but, and then that all led to, as we all know, AP, you know, uh, trying to formalize Eastern football and Big East, and ultimately Penn State shocked the world (laughs) by joining the Big Ten, which set off conference realignment that is going on all these years later to this very day, so... A lot of people forget that, you know. Um, I think in Penn State set the trend. I think Joe, you said it perfectly. Joe Paterno just got sick of it. <laughs> he just did. And Penn State yeah. wasn't being accepted because their basketball team wasn't considered worthy of the other schools. Is my yeah. memory of it? Yeah, that, that's amazing that they he couldn't have a, a coalition of people to understand that football had the most possibility for revenue with TV. And Correct. I couldn't make them understand that marriage. And the most populated area of the United States, by the way. Right, <laughs> yeah. The most set of eyes, correct. It, it would have been something to have Penn State uh, formulating a Big East with the football, but it never came to fruition, and Joe Paterno, he lamented it for a while, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, no, no. It, it was a seismic event of epic proportions. I was right there. I grew up with it. There are certain things you just never forget, ever. Um, So, anyway, you're so correct, AP, in your uh, recognition of the irony involved here, because that's what started it all, uh, to say the least. And any other bowl games catching your opinion? Right now, well, not right now, but starting in about an hour is, uh, I love these names, AP. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. I see the word Gasparilla. That means Tampa to me. And it's uh, University of Central Florida, who we love, another AAC team, versus Marshall, who we also love. I I actually covered, lived in West Virginia as a reporter and covered the Mountaineers and a couple of Marshall games along the way, including against the Mountaineers. Um, So, yeah, I'm assuming it's being played in Tampa. (laughs) Um, but UCF, right. you know, uh, not not the year they've been used to having, which has frankly been no, undefeated. No. <laughs> but they're still no, good. No, no, it wasn't as uh, successful as they normally have had in the past. But they're still bowling, so that's under, you know that's still something to consider. But one game, the Rose Bowl, John, I'm interested to see what the viewer viewership will be. Oregon and Wisconsin. I'm not sure very many people are interested in that game. Right. I hear you, AP. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I like football. I like good football, and I'll watch it. But I'm not sure if anybody else will. You know, the magnitude they've had in the past. Correct. Correct. Uh, it, 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 you know, it is not the marquee matchup, and there's not. I mean, the problem these days is, you know, some of these bowls that they don't have anything really on the line, and I guess to a certain degree, none of them do. If, if it's not the college football playoff. Uh, that's the quandary that we find ourselves in. Um, and, you know, it has obviously led to 
players sitting out games. Although I, I, I oh, let me ask you this, AP. I haven't been hearing much about it this year about players sitting yeah, well, out. Of, two, either either I'm yeah, missing two, it or it's not happening this year. Uh, two players from Alabama: Trayvon Diggs, the starting cornerback, and Terrell Lewis, the outside linebacker, who's probably their best pass rusher. So that's significant. Significant that wave is hit Alabama now, and I'm sure it's here to stay. Right, and given it's the first time Alabama hasn't been in the CFP playoff for in a few years, where the games did mean a lot. Uh, it wasn't ha- ever happening. So I'm guessing this is the first time it's happened with Alabama players, right? Yes, yes. So um, I'm sure that's going to continue. I'm disappointed no because Alabama has, Alabama's different than most schools that have a tradition of being in the most bowls and winning the most bowls. And that should be something that's still alive and not gone with the wind. Totally agree, AP. And oh, by the way, as we close out here, uh, indeed, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl is at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, where the Tampa Bay Bucks play. Begins uh, uh, at 2.30 Eastern time. So, AP, thank you so much for calling in. Great show. And, uh, you know, look forward to Saturday, the two semifinal games. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, it'll be terrific. I can't wait to watch it. And, and thank you so much, John, for having me on the show today. Our pleasure, AP, and thank you for joining us. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.